you know, in a way I take a lot of the the pain and the suffering and, and I almost look at it like a gift because I've, I've grown so much stronger, you know, because of these things. And, and I have more compassion for other people and understanding for maybe what other human beings might be going through behind closed doors, you know? Right. Um, and it also, you know, I also kind of turned it into uh, uh, more like a purpose, you know, uh, sure. one of my favorite favorite quotes is like, if you want to find, if you want to find your, um, your purpose or calling in life, then you have to lose yourself in the service of others. And, yes. you know, that's, that's one way that I've kind of learned to heal from all these things. Welcome back, everybody, to the Redemption Road podcast. I'm your host, Doc John. Here on Redemption Road, we are interviewing high performers to hear about their life hacks and strategies to get past the worst of obstacles and go on to live a life of abundance and thriving. Today's guest, he's been a successful musician. He's been a, and still is, a yoga teacher, an EYT500 yoga teacher, and he's done very well in the health insurance industry and over the past four years has personally helped over 500 families, resulting in $4 million in insurance premiums being sold. And he's personally mentored over 50 agents and had award-winning teams as well as trained 10 to 20 multiple six-figure earners in the industry. And he has a huge vision of having a holistic retreat center one day that is focused around mental health and drug and alcohol addiction. It's my pleasure to introduce Steve Timmons. Steve, thank you for being here, man. Welcome. Yeah, appreciate you having me. So it's an honor for sure. Uh, I've been looking forward to this, and I I know we're going to help a lot of people today because uh, you know we were talking you know off the set about uh, some of the difficulties that you've had to overcome, and I'd like to delve into some of those because I think if people can hear the tools that you've used to overcome a lot of those difficulties, um, you, you can really help a lot of people with this episode today. So I'm really looking forward to uh, pouring into the audience and uh, helping them out here. So. Uh, I, w- I want to delve in, you know, uh, in in your bio, and we were talking about this. Um, you know, it, it indicated that you were in a victim of child abuse, and that your mother and father both struggled with addictions their whole lives. Uh, talk to me uh, about what you went through there, and you know, was this something that started from the time that you were born, or talk talk to us about your experience there? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess. I have to go all the way back to the beginning for it to to really make sense. So my mom got pregnant when she was, I think, 16 or 17. Um, and my dad, uh, his family at the time, kind of didn't want her to, to go through with the pregnancy. Um, they even kind of tried to pay her to uh, get rid of me. And uh, my grandmother and my mother were like, no, we're not doing that. So they they left right and the the state and then my mom basically had to try and figure out how to raise me um you know she struggled with drugs and alcohol since even before i was born um because she is a a victim of uh child abuse so it's just crazy how things just kind of um become cyclical if you let them you know um you know I don't blame her, but she never really, she never dealt with her trauma. And so that trauma kind of, you know, became numbed by the drugs and the alcohol. And then she found, you know, a a new husband um, who also was really big into drugs and alcohol. And so basically, you know, the, the home that I was raised in initially from the age of, you know, like birth to about seven or eight, um, like my mom was pretty much always passed out on the couch, um, like just totally oblivious and out of it. And then my, my stepfather, um, he was just basically taking his anger out on, on me, um, and my little sister. So, you know, definitely a, a very hostile environment <laughs> to be introduced into the world, you know, um, there sounds was very where, frightening. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, I guess it's all perspective though. Cause you know, in a way I take a lot of the the pain and the suffering and, and I almost look at it like a gift because I've, I've grown so much stronger, 
you know, because of these things and, and I have more compassion for other people and understanding for maybe what other human beings might be going through behind closed doors, you know? Right. Um, and it also, you know, I also kind of turned it into uh, more like a purpose, you know, um, sure. one of my favorite, favorite quotes is like, if you want to find, if you want to find your, um, your purpose or calling in life, then you have to lose yourself in the service of others. And, yes. you know, that's, that's one way that I've kind of learned to heal from all these things, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. You so, can yeah. always turn it into something positive and yeah, it's um, it, like you said, it, you can use it as a gift and um, you know, I, what I think is great is you've been able to use that. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they, they're, you know, they're surrounded by that anger. So I'm taking anger out on them and then they just go, you know, they make it cyclical, like you said, and then they end up taking their anger out on other people for the rest of their lives as well. Talk to us about how you've been able to keep from doing that because you've been able to turn it into a purpose and learn from it and learn what you don't want to do. Some people keep perpetuating that and they end up doing the same thing over and over again. And so how have you kept from perpetuating that? Yeah. Um, again, you know, uh, it's a, a huge blessing and I'm super fortunate because when I was about uh, eight or nine, my mom kind of got sober enough to realize what was going on and what kind of like environment that me and my little sister were living in. And so she took us and ran, obviously she didn't have any money or means to take care of us. So, um, you know, we ended up living with, with my grandparents, you know, she kind of like dropped us off and was like, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll be back to get you in a day or two. And then we didn't see her for like five years. Um, but, you know, during that time that I was, I was there and I was finally in a place that was, that was safe, you know, there, there was actual like, like safety and, and, and love and, and food and shelter and all the basic, you know, things that we need as human beings to, uh, to kind of build and thrive. And when I first got there, I still had all this anger and I had all this resentment and all this, you know, um, terror really you know, and, and doubt that, that it wasn't real and that I was just waiting for, you know, um, waiting for the, the abuse to come back or for the behavior to come back and have to trust anything at that point. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, you know, uh, my, my grandmother put us in therapy and, you know, that, that was, it helped a little bit, but I think really, um, the most prolific, the most prolific, things that we learn in life are things that begin from within. So it was just kind of a self realization that like, okay, I'm here now and I'm safe and I have a bed and I have, you know, food and shelter. Um, but there are other children in the world that are still going through the same pain and suffering and, and are in danger right now at this very second, you know, and I had this realization when I was probably like nine or 10 years old, you know, just sitting and thinking about all this stuff. And I just kind of felt very like ungrateful, I guess, you know, like, wow, like I'm here now and there's still other people in the world that are suffering. So, you know, who am I to sit here and feel sorry for myself and and not try and do something with, you know, the, the, this, this, uh, this positive thing that has now happened in my life. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm very blessed that I was able to, to get out of that situation at, you know, 10. And I know that there are other people that, you know, may still be going through that or may still be in an environment where unfortunately it's not safe, you know, and it is toxic. So. Sounds like early on you learned the importance of gratitude then, you know, a lot of people, they, they don't pick that up so quickly. And so it sounds like you picked up on the gratitude very quickly and you use that to your advantage. Yeah. And I mean, I used the word cyclical earlier, right? That was another realization that I has. It's like, you know, especially as I got older and I started to learn more about my mother and what she went through and, you know, how she ended up kind of where she was and made the decisions that she did. Right. Um, I, I kind of look at it like poison, you know, someone, someone, someone took in poison from someone else at some point and then they gave it to somebody else. And then that person gave it to somebody else and then so on and so forth. And so we just keep passing it down. And I just kind of made that decision. I was like, I'm going to forgive, 
You know, I'm going to yes. forgive and I'm going to, I'm going to purge myself of this poison because if I hold right. on to it, I know exactly what it's going to do to me. Cause I just watched it happen. I, right. I, I saw it through my own eyes, you know? So it's like, at the end of the day, we can't always control our circumstances or, or what happens to us, but we can certainly control what we do with that information and, and how 100%. we react. Yes. You know? Yes. That's, that's, that's so much what I preach and so much you can control how you think about the situation. And, you know, that's what I love what I'm hearing right now is because you're talking about how you, you're looking at your perspective of it. And, you know, we, if someone treats us a certain way, treats us badly, you know, it's easy to have a negative reaction, negative thought about that. But if we, if we change our thinking and change our self-talk and our belief system, that, you know, and we're telling ourselves, you know what, hurt people, hurt people. And so yeah. we go from a place of maybe a thought that's going to make us feel angry to thoughts, you know, and realizing that person is hurt and, you know, that person has been through what they've been through and you go, go from anger to empathy and you realize that that person's been through what they've been through. And even though that person's treated you badly or reacted badly towards you, you know, we stop thinking, you know what, they've been through X, Y, and Z. They did the best they could with the cards they were dealt. And you, yeah, you have that empathy for them instead. Like you said, it's all about how you structure that mindset, structure your thoughts about self, yeah. world, the future. Yeah. It's huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. So it sounds like a very mature perspective that you were able to adopt from early on. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I've always been a very spiritual person. And I think, um, I think that a lot of times you have to kind of look at yourself like, like an antenna, you know, um, I think that maybe I was channeling these things from a higher place at a young age, because that's exactly what I needed. That's the information that I needed to download in order to heal and mm -hmm. to, to begin to walk down the path that I was meant to walk. And if you start to think about it that way, again, it's like the path that I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to be walking and, and the impact I'm supposed to be having on the people around me and, and um, you know, the messages I'm supposed to be extending to others. I couldn't do that if it wasn't for experiencing all these painful situation and right. seeing it and going through it. Right. So again, it's, it's, you know, it's this whole idea of, of being grateful for whatever your life is yeah. and trying to make it into, you know, the, the, the best possible version of, of whatever you want it to be. And, you know, just talking on like a business side for a second, I, I grew up in a mobile home, you know, like a single wide trailer. Uh, my mom had food stamps, you know, and, um, I had like hand-me-down clothes and like, even when I live with my grandparents, they, they did the best they could, but they didn't have a lot of money. I come from a very poverty stricken little area in East Tennessee. Sure. Um, and, you know, to go from that to now being where I am, you know, having a, a multi-million dollar business and, and being a multiple six figure earner and being able to pour back into my, my friends and family and help them a little bit, you know, like I've, I've bought my sister a car. I've tired my grandparents at this point, pretty much, um, you know, uh, trying to help my cousin and her two kids. Like I never would have got there if I didn't walk through all the things, all the trials and the tribulations and, and learn the lessons that I needed to learn in order to grow. You know, Absolutely. And, and yes. Yeah. That's the whole we, thing. Yeah. We go through the, that darkness and we, you know, that darkness is something that we have to go through and people think that, you know, we've been through those things that it actually disqualifies us. But uh, as you've probably heard Ed Milet say, uh, the thing that we think disqualifies us actually qualifies us the most. And so yes, yeah. that's been an education in and of itself for you. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, that's funny. I literally just read a quote right before this, that kind of lines what you just said. It's, um, um, the cave that you fear to go into is the one that, uh, holds the treasure that you seek. Mm -hmm. So it's that same kind of idea, you know, you, you yes. have to kind of move through the darkness to find the light. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I really think there's duality in everything. Um, and it, perspective is super important. It, it really just comes down to what you want to focus on. You can look at the the positive or negative aspect of any situation, you know, right. It, it's, it's, it's up to you. You know, that's, that's what we're tasked with. 
I feel is, is to unlock that ability in our, in our mind to be able to see it, you know, from a bird's eye view. And, and, and I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Tim Grover. I just actually love Tim Grover. Yeah. 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 He he wrote a winning and relentless um, read them both. Yes. Yeah. Both great books. I actually just uh, met him here in, in Tampa. He was eating at meat market because he, he was doing like a convention at, uh, it's called rise cons, like a bunch of, Oh yes. I saw that post on your Facebook. I think Goggins was speaking that at that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's another one of my favorites, but, um, yes. yeah, one of, one of the things that Tim Grover said, uh, in that conference that really stuck with me has been heavy on my mind is, um, you know, when everything falls apart in your life, right. Everything just shatters to pieces. Then what you get to do is you get to bend down, you get to pick up those pieces and put them back together and you can leave behind the things that you don't want anymore. Right. Right. You can leave the things behind that, that, that didn't really fit or didn't belong before it it all fell and, and broke to pieces. And then when you put it back together through all those cracks, you know, um, that's where you see the light. And that, mm-hmm. that's where you, you kind of, that, that's, that's kind of like your indicator of where you need to go. So it's a I great analogy. Super powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Grover, man. He's, uh, yeah. he goes deep for sure. Yeah. He's, he's remarkable. I've definitely heard him on multiple podcasts on Andy Frisella's podcast at my let's podcast. And of course, reading both books and, you know, he's got a wealth of knowledge and he's trained the best of the best in terms of athletes and, yeah, it's a, it's a remarkable message, but it makes total sense because, yeah, it shatters to pieces. But at that point, it's like having the clean slate. You get to select, you know, like you said, which of those items that you want to pick up and you can you know, put those pieces together the way you want to with the yeah. ones that you want to. And then, yeah, like you said, you have the light that shines through in those spots where the, where the cracks are. So that's, yeah, that, that's a beautiful thing. And so yeah, uh, we go through the, that suffering, the, but there's reward on the other side. And the funny thing about that is I heard that very recently, like maybe a month or two ago, right? But when I first started doing yoga teacher training, which was probably, I don't know, seven years ago, eight years ago now, there was also like a book I read in the yoga teacher training course that was talking about this this meditation exercise of basically, you know, reflecting and, and contemplating on all the things about yourself that, that you would consider, you know, good, all the things that you love about yourself or all the things that you feel add value to the people around you. And then think about all the things that you feel like are, are, are weaknesses or, you know, holding you back or or negative or, you know, things you don't like about yourself. And then realize that, you know, who you are is essentially who you choose to be. And just because something happened yesterday, it doesn't mean that it has to be who you are in this present moment. Yes. Does not define you. It doesn't. Um, The only things that define you is what you choose to, to internalize and, and resonate Mm -hmm. with. And you know what I mean? And, and that's what you show the world. So, you know, again, I'm, you know, in the world that I'm in today, I'm this, you know, successful, you know, salesperson. I wear nice suits and drive nice cars. And, you know, people look at me and they're like, wow, I, I wish I had that guy's life. Right. And it's like, what you don't understand is all the things that had to happen in order to to build right. the the mental toughness and the resilience and the and the the purpose, you know, that that drives me that's so beyond just, you know, having right financial wealth like honestly that's the visually salient part for people but they don't see the suffering they don't see the losses they don't see all the times that you fell and you know yeah yeah and if you look at somebody like yourself who's been successful i mean you know even the greats at the top of their craft i mean the andy versellas the michael jordans i mean you know people don't see how many times that you know they've fallen how many times that they've failed you know because you know that's not the part that's publicized that's not the sexy part of it and so yeah. that's not the part that you know, that's not the part that's get you know that gets any pub, but you know that's that's the part that's real that nobody sees, and it's the part yeah. that you have to go through, and you know you you suffered to get to that point, and you know but that's you know that, that's the thing. I mean, you can have the millions of dollars given to you in the lottery, but those people go broke within a certain amount of time because they don't have the mindset. You have to become the person that makes the millions of dollars first is a certain kind of mindset, a certain type of person you have to become first. 
And so you had to go through all those things to become that person, you know, because, yeah. you know, just because you have a million dollars, like, yeah, like I said, you're going to squander it because you have to be a certain kind of person to have that kind of money and income and be able to sustain it and keep going, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you, you had to go through those things to go through and, you know, put together that mindset. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, that's why I really enjoy what I do as far as being like a, a sales leader, you know, um, I train agents now um, and I teach them how to do this. But honestly, the reason I feel like I might have better success than others as far as being a mentor in this particular industry is the things that I teach the most is not really like, you know, what to say on the phone or, you know, some silly little like sales hack or whatever. It's really just getting people to believe in themselves um, and, you know, turn the pain and the power and, and, you know, tap into the, the, the purpose, you know, that's, that should always be so much bigger and larger than I just want to make some money. You know, um, if you, if you focus on the, the, the purpose, then, then the income, it's going to follow. Right. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, that's probably the biggest thing that I learned in this world is, you know, sales is just solving problems. Um, right. helping and, and people, people, that's it. And and usually the, the, the people that are able to add the most value in other people's lives, for whatever reason, um, energetically, they just seem to, you know, things just start to come into their life. You know, it's like uh, the law of abundance, you know, or, or the law right. of re- uh, reciprocity. Um, mm-hmm. You got to give in order to receive, you know, and so that's what I tell them all the time. It's like, look, guys, you see where I am now after five years of being in this industry, but you know, I've probably, I've probably been rejected and hung up on more than, than everybody in this room combined times 20. And that's why I am where I am because I'm willing to go through those uncomfortabilities in order and not only go through them and endure them, but learn and grow from them. Sure. That's how, that's how you succeed. You have to fail to succeed. One doesn't come without the other. (laughs) Yeah, it's the reps, the repetition. and makes me think of the baseball analogy. I mean, you mentioned all the times being rejected in sales, but it makes me think of baseball. You you take a guy who's a career 300 hitter, you know, for 15 or 20 years, he's probably going to the Hall of Fame, even though he failed to get a hit 70% of the time. You're only getting a hit 30% of the time, and you're going to the Hall of Fame. So same thing with sales. It's a matter of doing the reps and doing it enough times. And yeah, I mean, it's, you're going to fail. You're going to have people hang up on you. You're going to have, you know, rejections, but it's how you, it's what you tell yourself when, when that happens. And then, you know, maybe you're in a slump, just like a baseball player. Maybe you have times where there's ebb and flow. I'm sure you do. But what do you tell yourself at the time? What do you tell yourself to keep yourself intrinsically motivated when the extrinsic motivation of, you know, the yeses and the cash flow maybe isn't coming at that time? That's when you go back to yeah. the purpose. That's, that's when that, which you talked about with the purpose and having that meaningful mission that comes into play big time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of funny how, I don't know if maybe I'm addicted to failure because everything that I enjoy doing involves a lot of failure. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Even, you know, like I'm a musician as well and I taught myself how to play guitar and it's the same, it's the same ideology, you know, it's, it's, it's the you know, the bummed notes, it's, it's the messing up the, the, the riff or the song over and over and over again, just getting a little bit better and then a little bit better and then a little bit better, you know? And then after years of just not being able to do, you know, something and all of a sudden it just like clicks together and then you play in front of somebody and like, man, you're so good. You're so talented. You know, that's, that's what, that's what people like to say. You're so talented. It's like, I don't really think I ever had much talent. I've never been naturally like good at something. I think I just, I just enjoy the process of, um, of being uncomfortable and then learning through that uncomfort in order to, to grow for me. I feel like that's a big part of, of living. And I think that our society now, it kind of discourages that, you know, there's a lot of instant gratification and and everything is quick fix. Yeah. And everything is like, um, you know, kind of like glorified and fantasized. Like everything is supposed mm-hmm. to be like perfect with all the filters and the things. It's like, I don't really think that's where life is because you can't no. appreciate all those things if you didn't have to struggle to get them, you know? Right. 
No, it's about taking that imperfect action day in and day out and being consistent. And then, you know, going along with what you were saying just a few moments ago, it's, it's not that, you know, the people that have what you want in this life, they're not more talented than you. They're not smarter than you. They just, you know, they were consistent enough and they stuck around long enough to collect on the investment. And that's, you know, in the, that example, whether you're talking about your insurance business or playing guitar or finally learning those riffs and get them down, you just, you stuck with it long enough until it clicked. And yeah. a lot of people, they, they give up shortly before they, you know, a lot of people are closer than they realize and they give up right before they're about to break through. Yeah. And, you know, it's more, it's more a matter of winning that war of attrition and just, you know, because other people are on that battle too. And it's just, are you going to stick around longer than the rest of them? And that's why there's so many, so few people that, you know, that are at the top. Not yeah. everybody's willing to make that sacrifice. Yeah. I think, again, that's where community is so important you know having a strong inner circle power of association if you have these sort of foundational things in your life um it makes it a little bit easier you know um like the there's a difference between having a friend in your life and an ally you know a, a friend is going to tell you what you want to hear because they they want you to like them um you know an ally is gonna they're gonna tell you what you need to hear because they actually have your best interest you know mm -hmm. at heart and so they're they might say the uncomfortable thing or push you in a direction that that maybe you don't feel that you're ready for and you know those are those are the types of people if you can identify and find those types of people that's really all you need and, and there's not going to be a ton yes. of us you know for me <laughs> i think there's maybe maybe three or four people in my whole life that are like that but you know whenever i do get to the point where I feel like I want to quit and I, you know, maybe I'm right at that threshold, but I'm just tired and I don't want to do it. Those are the people that I kind of try and reach out to. And right. David Goggins actually talked about that. That's where I got that from, you know, and I don't, for people that don't know, he's this crazy ultra, you know, athlete runs like a million miles a year, like, you know, super hyper endurance type of guy. Um, he's he been, was like, yeah, was, like, yeah. People argue that he, many people argue he's the toughest guy on earth. Yeah. Right. But that like, you know, that physical toughness is rooted in in the mental, you know, the mental Absolutely. fortitude. And, um, that's what he was talking about. He's like, honestly, I don't have a whole lot of friends because I'm, I'm not a friend to people. I'm an ally. I'm going to, I'm going to push him. Like, if you tell me right. that you want to be a lawyer and then you call me, you know, a year into law school and say, you're ready to hang it up. I'm going to show up at your house at four 30 in the morning and we're going to go for a run. And we're going to talk about why you don't want to be a lawyer anymore. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, yeah, so, it's, it's uh, the difference. You know, like I, with a lot of my coaching clients and, and it's something I went through as well. There's a big difference. People use the term good and nice interchangeably and they shouldn't be because there's a big yeah. fucking difference between nice and good. You know, like yeah. you said, the nice, the nice, the nice guy, and you know, there's a lot of men that suffer from the nice guy syndrome, and they 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 want to people please, and they want to tell people what they want to hear. But you know, the problem with, with that is the you know, the nice guy really isn't that nice because you're not helping anybody, you're not being truthful, you're not owning anything, you're not taking ownership of what you're doing, and you're certainly not holding other people accountable. So you're not doing anybody any favors. You know, whereas the good person, like you said, they're going to hold you accountable. They're going to tell you what you don't want to hear, but it's going to be what helps you. It's going to guide you in the direction. It's going to hurt. It's going to be like a punch in the face initially, but it's going to be what guides you in the right direction and gets gets you the results. And yeah, you, know, you have to decide. You know, who do you want to surround yourself with? Yeah, um, it's funny that you that you say that because that's that there was a transitional period in my life that I went through that realization as well that I was. I was being the nice guy instead of actually being someone that was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happens, you know, um, it was somewhere around high school and it was rooted in the fact that I just, I wanted to feel validation. You know, I wanted to feel that I was someone that, um, that other people wanted around because of, again, it, it's all rooted in the, you know, in the childhood, usually, you know, it's, it's, the these foundational things that maybe we didn't get um so that that inclusion was so important to me because i was right. excluded from all those things as a child right so just wanting to be admired and wanted to be uh wanting to be accepted by my peers took hold and that's where that nice guy syndrome kind of developed mm -hmm. and then i got to a certain point where 
I started to feel very um, resentful. I started to feel resentful yes. of, of my friends, you know, cause I felt like they were always taking advantage of me or, right. you know, like, you know, the victim mentality that you talked about earlier. And then you and get then, resentful toward yourself too. Exactly. Yeah. And then I, I had to, and again, you know, yoga has just been such a, a staple in my life. Cause that, you know, sitting and meditating and, and just, you know, um, kind of letting those, those things work themselves out in my mind. And, you know, uh, we talked a little bit before this about breathing, you know, it's super underrated. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a, it's a talk powerful to us more healer. about that. Cause br- breath work is so powerful and it's, it's something that, you know, so quickly it can change your mindset, it can change your state. It's, it's such a powerful tool that everybody needs to use. Um, talk to us more about breath work and what you found the most helpful and, uh, what you'd recommend for people that aren't very familiar with it. Cause I, I think that's something that people can quickly, it's an intervention that they can do very quickly and can have some really great results. And of course, like anything else, the more you practice, it's going to become even more powerful, but you know, I, I think yeah. that's one of the best things I've seen that can get immediate results for people. So t- talk to a little, a little more about what you find the most useful as far as which interventions. Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as the practicality of it, um, if it's something that you feel uncomfortable trying to, to get into on your own, there's plenty of videos online. You know, you can look on YouTube and type in deep breathing exercises, you know, um, yoga, meditation, deep breathing, all this sort of stuff. And you can kind of just practice with them. So it doesn't feel so strange, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, if you look at it on a scientific, uh, scientific level, right. Um, oxygen is what's in our blood and it helps our blood flow through our body, right? So the more oxygenated mm-hmm. that we are, the better our blood is flowing, right? The, 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 the flow, right? Like, so in yoga, blood and energy are essentially the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So the more oxygenated your body is, the more energetic, you know, uh, you're going to feel the more energy you're going to have in your body. And then also, um, when you breathe very deeply, what it does to your, your parasympathetic nervous system is it, it takes you out of fight or fight or flight mode and it, it relaxes mm-hmm. it. It let it literally lets it, it forces your mind and your, to tell your nervous system to, to just let go, right. To, to right. let your guard down. And it's not our faults. I mean, we're, we're wired, you know, from a primordial level <laughs> to be exactly. in fight or flight mode. Right. And especially here in the Western world, I mean, I'd say, I'd say 90% of people are walking around all day, every day in a fight or flight sort of tense. Yeah. There's some people with some very taxed adrenals walking around. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, learning to tap into that breath work and really committing to it um, and, and kind of trusting it. I mean, it does, you don't have to sit around and do it all day long, just starting with even, even like a minute or two a day of intentionally breathing super deeply. You, if you do that for just three to five days, you're going to start to feel a difference. Oh, um, remarkable. And is, yeah. And this is something that I used to do with elementary school kids and middle school kids when I taught mm-hmm. yoga, you know, and even them, like, even like a, like a third grader, you know, I'm doing these breathing exercises with a third grader. And after the third or fourth time of doing it, they're coming up to me and they're like, wow, I feel so much better. You know? So yep. it's like, um, it's such a great thing. refresher. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just doing it for a couple minutes in the middle of the day, um, you'd be surprised at just how rejuvenating it can be for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, for anybody that's like me and has a packed out schedule, you know, and is working 60 plus hours a week, just put it in your calendar. Just put it in your calendar and commit to it. Like I'm, I'm like one of the weird hippie guys in this office. Cause in my calendar, you know, I have, I've <laughs> scheduled like meditation and breathing and going outside and getting sunlight. And, you know, I take my, I take my dress shoes off and I put my feet in the, in the grass and, you know, hey, earthing um, is very powerful too. I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I think that's, that's important though. That's, that's part of why you're successful because you have those things built into your schedule. You know, they're non-negotiables. And you know, one of the activities I have people do, you know, my events is to design their perfect day 
And so having those routines and designing your perfect day and having those things be part of your perfect day is extremely powerful because your perfect day, yes, you want to be productive and you want to be seeing a lot of clients and everything else, but you got to be taking care of yourself. You got to be pouring into yourself. You got to be, you know, filling your own cup. And so mm-hmm. doing things like earthing, doing things like meditation, doing the breath work, getting in the exercise, nourishing your body, doing what you have to do to to cultivate your mind. I mean, these are all things you have to do to pour into yourself because, you know, first of all, it sends you the message that I'm important. And so uh, and I think a lot of people are reluctant to do that. But when you invest that time in yourself to do these things, it, it sends you the message. It says I'm important and I'm worth it. And then not only that, but when you do these things, and you fill your cup, you're so much better for everybody else around you. It's not selfish. And it's actually to the contrary, because not giving the world the best version of yourself is selfish. So by doing this, you're investing in yourself and that's so much more that you can pass on to everybody around you. That's in your space. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. And I 100% agree. Um, it's funny that we're doing this today of all days. It's just kind of a weird coincidence, but, um, my, my mom actually, she passed away, um, a year ago, uh, today mm-hmm. I got, I got the call at 3 AM, um, that she had, she had, sorry for your uh, loss, brother. Thank you. Um, but yeah, she, she overdosed. I, um, I was trying to help her trying to kind of show her the way that I've learned to deal with all these, you know, uh, things that, that we have kind of gone through in, in different ways, but you know, uh, the kind of holistic way of going about it. And then I also paid for her to go to, to rehab and to get therapists, psychiatrists, doctors, all the things. Right. And, um, you know, she did pretty good for, like six or seven months. And then, you know, she just fell back in. And, um, to be honest with you, man, I, I kind of stopped practicing what I preached for a little while after that for probably about six or seven months. Cause I, I kind of took it very personally. I felt like, well, you know, even though this stuff worked for me, it didn't work for her. So it must, you know, it, it must be pointless, you know? Um, and I, I really challenged my, challenged my belief system. It challenged my, my confidence. It challenged my, you know, basically my, my reality. Um, not to sound too dramatic, but, you know, I really kind of had a, a huge moment where I'm like, you know, is everything that I've kind of believed in my whole life and has helped me get to this point? Like, is it, is it even real or not? Or was it just me, trying to, you know, put a bandaid on it. Right. Um, and I can tell you, you know, six or seven months of me not doing these things, um, it just got worse and worse and worse. And I just felt worse and worse and worse. And to the point to where I was like at the point of saying like, I'm going to give up my business because it's too much, you know, I can't do it anymore. Like I'm going to just, I'm just going to give up basically my entire life because, I can't take it. Right. That's how bad it got. And it's cause I wasn't doing these little silly things, you right. know, that, that people make fun of every day. Um, these little silly habits and rituals, um, they compile into what your life is. And that's what people don't right. realize is it's like, you know, um, it's, it's maybe, interesting. If I could interject for one second, you just yeah, absolutely. reminded me, uh, my, my dad passed away at the end of 2020 and, I remember, you know, for a couple months, I, you know, it's just kind of interesting coincidence. I I had kind of stopped doing a lot of the things that were making me better. You know, I had stopped working on, you know, my new business with coaching and probably wasn't uh, tending as much. I mean, I was on 75 hard, you know, at the time he passed, but after 75 hard, I kind of took my foot off the gas and stopped doing the things that, you know, to take care of myself as well. And, you know, what, I remember making a post after I just decided, you know, at one point enough was enough. And because I think people think sometimes when they lose somebody that it's, you know, you're not supposed to take care of yourself. It's just you, they feel guilty taking care of themselves or pouring into themselves because they should be grieving, grieving, grieving. But I, I think one important message that people need to remember is like, even if you lose somebody that's important to you, it's still okay to do the things that, you know, that fill your cup. It's still okay to take care of yourself. And you know, it's not a selfish thing. You know, grieving doesn't have to mean you shut your whole life and your whole body down. Yeah. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make. And I, I know that's what I did for a couple, you know, 
a couple months and then it was like you know a picture of my dad looking down and, and you know Absolutely. shaking his head at me being like dude what are you doing and yeah yeah <laughs> and, i'm sorry to i'm sorry to hear that uh man but actually just exactly what you said that's what pulled pulled me out of it you know i really reflected on it and i'm like okay well my mom lived 30 plus years and never never even even tried to break her addictions or reach out for help or anything. Right. And then after watching me become, you know, on paper, the, the level of successful that I am now, that's what inspired her to reach out to me to say, Hey, I want to get my life together. Can you help me? Right. Right. So me being the best version of myself and me striving to to do more inspired her to feel that she could do it to begin with and right. maybe it didn't maybe it didn't work out but i i really firmly believe that the last 6 or 7 months of her life is probably some of the best 6 or 7 months of her whole life right right and just like you said i'm like okay well she believed in me enough to make those sort of changes and and to go out and change her whole reality you know yeah. to 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 try and grow and now she's gone and now she's looking at me and you know what am i like what am i doing you know with with my life because now like she gave me life so i'm an extension of her so now everything else that i do everything else that i touch and create it's a little piece of hers is technically on an energetic you know level it's there so that's a, you know, that's a huge responsibility. It's a huge blessing. And for anybody that might be, you know, going through that, I hope that you can, you know, maybe see it in that light because, um, you know, every, everything, that's just the nature of life. You know, that's sure. the nature of it all is, is, um, you know, everything grows and everything dies and everything is reborn. Right. And, you know, you, we just got to find our place in, in all that. Sure. And, uh, coming to terms with that and, and, um, coming to peace with that and, and looking at it, right. like I said, as, as a blessing, cause it is a blessing, you know, and, um, we wouldn't appreciate our lives so much if they were infinite. Right. We <laughs> um, Very good point. And I, you know, I think another point to remember too, is and they, they emphasize this with, you know, those of us that are therapists, you know, I mean, in anything you do, you have to recognize your limitations and, you know, you've, you fought so hard for your mom to get her, well and you know it comes up short and you you, you always question you say could i have done more could i have done more you know and the times i've had therapists or i've had therapy clients that you know didn't get to their goals and just you know we we, we have that ownership and we you know we're like oh i, I could have done more i could have done more but sometimes you you know it's like the serenity prayer we have to accept the part that we can't control and you did everything you could in your power you know and we do everything we can to help the people that were and you know, we feel we're put on earth to help but sometimes that's not always enough. There's other circumstances that are beyond our control. We can only control certain ones and just being able to accept those things because that's for a therapist that's one of the biggest predictors of burnout is they feel like they're not being effective, but you just have to accept what, you know, what you can control, what you can't. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the next big lesson that the universe is, is trying to teach me, you know, because um, I've felt that way in this industry, like even with just an agent, you know, if, if I get an agent on my team and I try and teach them how to do this and it doesn't work out, then I, you know, I take a huge like responsibility for, I kind of like put it on my own shoulders and I have those same, you know, thoughts of like, what could I have done better? You know, what could I have showed them? What could I spent more time training them? Like all these different things. Right. And I did the exact same thing with my mom and I think it took it. I think it took it being with my mom for me to realize you know, the lesson, you know, uh, I, th- I think it took something that big for me to under- truly understand and finally let go of this responsibility that like everyone else, everyone else's lives are are up to me. <laughs> um, yeah. As much as I want to add value into other people and I want to ease their suffering and inspire them, you know, to, to, to grow. The other part of that too is again, 30 plus years, right? 30 plus years of struggling with this stuff before she made the decision. She made the decision to call me. And I even went multiple times years before that to go see her, to convince her to get help. And she always said, no, 
nothing changed until she decided it was time for it to change. Yes. And that's what we all have to realize is, and that's why I said earlier, yeah, that's what I said earlier. Now I just look at myself more like, like an antenna or a messenger. Hey, I can, I can, I can share what I've been through and what I've learned and how I've grown. And if that inspires you to, to want to do that internally, great. And if it doesn't, maybe you weren't ready for it yet, but I Mm -hmm. still believe, I still believe that, you know, there are things that I heard um, years ago that didn't really resonate. And then Mm -hmm. I'll just be setting and breathing and being present, you know, like we're talking about. And then that thing Mm -hmm. from years ago, it was just come back up into my awareness. And it's because that little seed was planted and now it's ready, you know, now it's ready to actually like bloom into something, you know, like my life is ready to, to accept that piece of knowledge and use it. Absolutely. So be the lighthouse, not the tugboat, as they say. Yeah. I love that. That's that's the analogy that I learned uh, four years ago when I joined a mastermind group. And you know, lighthouse, like you said, they shine their light, they stay firm, they 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 stay in one place. You know, they shine the light, and if you're in one of those boats out there, you can choose whether to follow that light or not. If you're not going to follow that light, then chances are you're going to end up crashed on the rock somewhere. You know, whereas a tugboat, they expend a lot of energy. They go out and they're trying trying to rescue people, trying to force them to come a certain way. And it doesn't necessarily work out well for the tugboat or the boat sometimes, but if you shine your light and let people follow you like a a lighthouse, that's, that's where it's at. So I know I need to be respectful of your time. Uh, First off, um, you know, before we wrap up, what is uh, one final message for the audience that you'd like to impart to them? If there's any other message or lesson that you'd like for them to, to hear, to help them going forward, if you had one particular message in mind, what would that be? I would say that you can truly be or do whatever it is that you want to be or do. Now, is it going to happen immediately? No. Are you going to have to change and grow and become extremely uncomfortable in order to to change your circumstance or reality? Yeah, most likely. But is it possible? Absolutely. The only way that it's not possible is if you just give up, if you yeah. lay, if you lay down and you accept that, okay, th- th- these are my circumstances, you know, this is my life, then, then you've lost. But as long as you still have breath in your body and belief in, in your heart, right. Um, and you've tapped into some higher purpose, um, then I firmly believe that, that you can create whatever world you want to live in. It's just going to take some time. Amen to that. I couldn't have said that better in any way, shape, or form. That was that was perfect. So, well said. Talk to us about future directions that you've got going on, because uh, I know you've done a lot, but I know I can tell by talking with you, you're not one to stop and rest on your laurels. So I know <laughs> this is just the beginning. So I, I know you're someone that's constantly building. So uh, tell us what you've got in the works. Yeah, I mean... Um, obviously I, I enjoy the business that I've created and I get a lot of, um, I get a lot of, um, value out of helping clients and, and new agents. And I've learned a lot about, you know, building businesses and running businesses and leading people. And I think for me now, um, moving forward and, you know, this is a step in that direction is me just trying to, to share what I've gone through, how I've gone through it, what it's done for me, what I've learned and hopes that, you know, I can be that lighthouse, like you said. Right. And, um, you know, the, the good thing is I've, I've built this business to where it brings in enough money for me to be very comfortable. So that was the whole goal to begin with was, was to be able to create enough financial freedom that I could go back to, to focusing on, you know, um, creating, you know, whether it's through music or, or podcasts or books, um, or teaching yoga, uh, whatever it is and not have to worry about how I'm going to pay my bills. Cause you can right. be a lot more, you can be a lot more authentic and come from, from a genuine place. If you're not worried about how to monetize things. Right. right? So that's it, man. You know, 
moving forward, I'm going to keep doing this because this is what pays the bills as far as insurance goes. But I really hope to to continue to do things like this, you know, speak with uh, prolific minds like yours and just share a little bit about my experience here on earth. And maybe that'll, uh, you know, be a light for somebody else to, to go do whatever it is that, that they've been thinking about doing, but just maybe uh, don't believe that, that, that it's possible, you know? Love it. Perfect. Perfect for a purpose. I mean, it's, it's, you just keep pouring into that purpose. And like you said, you know, you're going to be doing, you know, from a financial standpoint, it's great that you have the insurance business, but that's going to give you the freedom to, to really pour into your purpose going forward and, and help the people around you for the greater good. And so I, I love that. Lastly, uh, how can everybody find you? Uh, Instagram is probably the easiest place, especially if you want to hear me talk about this sort of stuff. Um, it's just Steve underscore thrives. Uh, that's my Instagram. Um, I post a lot of content on there. You know, the thing is I talk to my agents about this stuff all day, every day. And that's why I was like, you know what? It helps them. It makes their lives more joyful and purposeful. So why don't I just put this on a, a social media platform as well and maybe it'll do the same thing so if you ever want to listen to me talk to myself at the beach or <laughs> you know while i'm jogging or or, or whatever uh, then that's that's where you can find me it's a great medium to reach a lot more people so yes might, might as well put it out there because i'm sure it's going to help a lot of people well i can't thank you enough for being here today this has been amazing and um i, I think this is going to be a really powerful episode for everybody to uh, to get a lot of great nuggets from so once again very much uh, great for you being here today yeah i really appreciate the opportunity for sure oh thanks it's wonderful all right, folks. Uh, well, if you got some great nuggets out of this, please, if you know somebody that can benefit, share the show, go online to Spotify and to Apple, leave us a five-star review, get out there. And we're talking about purpose today. Make it your purpose to get out there, make somebody's day, week, month, year better, and uh, be safe and be good to yourselves. And we'll catch you next time. 